Hey everyone, welcome to this week's podcast. I'm Dorinda Wilson, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to six, and 25-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm so excited that you're here today. I have a very special guest, and I'm going to introduce her in just a minute. But before I do that, I want to encourage you all to go sign up. Um, I guess it would be subscribe to my blog slash website or whatever it is they call it these days. If you go do that and um, put your email in, there's a little pop-up that comes up, put your email in, you will receive a link to uh, the free audiobook of The Unhurried Homeschooler. And I would love for you to, to get that. I'd love for you to have that um, just as a gift from me to you for signing up to the blog. And what happens is then you are notified every time a new podcast comes out. You're notified every time I write something new. Um, it, it comes out uh, there in an, in an email to you. So I would encourage you to do that. The other option you have is to just subscribe to the podcast from wherever you are listening. I would love for you to do that. Leave a quick review. One or two sentences is plenty. I know you are busy moms, but it really helps get the podcast out there for other moms to see it and be encouraged. So um, enough of that. It is time to move on and get to the meat of what we're going to be talking about today. Today, I have Jamie Erickson here who wrote a book. Um, it came out in 2019. It is such a good book. It is called Homeschooling Bravely. And Jamie Erickson taught elementary school before becoming a mother. So when her first child turned five, she made the decision to homeschool her daughter. Four more children followed, and she homeschools all five of them. Jamie is the founder of The Unlikely Homeschool and a popular education blogger. Her website, social media channels, and blog encourage and equip a growing tribe of more than, get this, 50,000 homeschooling mothers around the world. She's written for a number of homeschool publications and is also a co-host of the Mom to Mom podcast. Welcome, Jamie. I'm so excited that you're here. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We've been trying for months, you guys. You would not believe it. This is mom life, right? Um, mm -hmm. We've been trying since spring to connect and get um, get together and talk about your book and talk about the encouragement that you bring in the book and just bring some... Uh, I, I, I keep going back to the word courage because I feel like that's the thrust of your message is just having that courage to do what you know is best for your kids and then, you know, just walking that out with courage. And so we wanted to bring that to you, um, to you moms. And so I'm excited she's here. Um, let's dive into a few questions. So how did you make the decision to homeschool your children? Well, I actually was one of those who said I would never homeschool. My husband was homeschooled back in the late 80s and the early 90s when it was super weird and practically illegal. And his mom had the courage to do it very singularly. She was pretty much alone in her efforts for many years. And I remember when we were newly married, you know, I was a teacher in the classroom. We didn't have any kids at that time. And I remember her coming to me at one point and asking if this would ever be a path I would consider. And I think in just my ignorance of what homeschooling was, and maybe in just my, you know, we make our own plans. I had my own plans of what I was going to do. I looked at her and I think I even laughed and said, uh, no, hard pass. Because homeschooling was never 
in my frame of reference. And part of that was because I was a trained teacher, I just thought being a teacher in the classroom was the perfect gig for a mom. You know, I'd have all the same days off as my kids. We'd have the same daily schedule. It seemed like on paper, at least, a classroom teacher position was the route road to take. But as I'm sure most of your listeners know, we can make our plans. But sometimes God has other plans. Right. And in his providential wisdom, his other plans actually came in the form of a teeny tiny little bundle that the doctor handed me one day, wrapped in pink. And I looked down at this baby and I knew almost immediately I couldn't send her to school. I knew that someday, you know, just a few years down the road, I would be making the decision to keep her at home. I loved her so much. And I knew from my classroom experience that if I were to send her to school, I would be just getting the leftovers of her day. Mm, you know, mm. I saw that play out time and time again. And and I didn't want that. I loved right. her so much. And, you know, it's interesting as she as she grew and matured and then, you know, siblings followed my kids became the most interesting people to me mm -hmm. and and i didn't want to miss a single second of of their lives if i could help it right. and so it it became a real easy decision i think teaching in the classroom really ruined me for anything but homeschooling my kids wow that's you know as you were talking you said we make our plans and i had jotted down before you even said that the verse that says we make our plans but god directs our steps and that's right isn't it so good to know that he does that? Um, because his plans are so much better than ours. And um, I, my heart just resonates with what you said about wanting to spend that time with your kids, not getting the leftovers, having that quality time with them during the good times of the day when they're right. when they have energy and they're not tired and worn out. And what a difference that makes also in the kind of relationship we can have with our kids. Um, right. Just, you know, just having that, that, like you said, the, the quality parts of the day with them. And then, and then also, I love what you said about just looking down at that child and realizing how much you love them. You know, my husband and I, when we decided to homeschool, um, one of the things that, one of the reasons that I tell people all the time is that we were selfish. We didn't mm -hmm. want to share our kids with anybody. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, you know, it's interesting because that may have been my starting reason, but right. God has used homeschooling to show me so many other gifts and blessings that now if you were to ask me, why am I continuing to homeschool? Yes, obviously I would put because I love my children and I want to spend my time with them at the, you know, one of the very top reasons. But there's so many other reasons, yes. so many other layers that I didn't even realize when I first started it out because initially my reason was perhaps very selfish. I just thought they were so interesting and great people. I wanted to um, spend as much time with them as I could. I love what you said about your kids being interesting and great people because I think our culture has really done us a disservice when it comes to the viewpoint of children. I feel like there's two extremes. There's either um, they're an obstacle, they get in the way of what you really, really want to do, or everything revolves around them. And, and both ends of those things are, uh, or those spectrums um, are, are, are just 
unbalanced and out of um, sync with what God has for us um, as families. You know, our children do need to learn that the world doesn't revolve around them, but that doesn't mean I throw them out into <laughs> into any and every circumstance to do that. And and the flip side is, you know, they're not an obstacle. You know, I, I just, I feel like we just have this, um, it's one or the other. It seems like it's one extreme or the other. We get burnt out as a parent because we're doing everything for our kids. Everything revolves around them or we're looking at them or it can end up going the other direction, even in that scenario and ending up in that place where they're just in the way, they're getting in the way of my career or my um, the things that I really want to do. And so neither one of those are healthy or biblical views of, of children. God says that they are a blessing. And, um, and it's so true. When you get to spend that time with them, you realize what interesting people they really are, how different each of them are. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think that's one thing as a mom who, um, you know, seven of our kids are adults and just seeing them functioning as adults and, and looking back over um, the years at, at the comments that people have made and still make to this day, one of the things they say is that every one of them is so different. They said, you're, you know, I have eight kids and they said, they're all so different. And I'm like, well, what, did you expect? They're all different people, but somehow they think if you have a bunch of them, they're all going to be the same or I don't know what, but I love that idea, that, that viewpoint, that perspective. And and I guess I want to encourage moms who are listening to just hang on to that, hang on to that idea of, of viewing your kids as interesting and, and kind of being a student of them. And, um, you know, it sounds like you spent a lot of time just really, uh, getting to know them and really encouraging who they were wired to be. Yeah, that's a lifetime pursuit, isn't it? It is. It you is know? because they change. Seasons change and mm. um, all of that. And speaking of that, tell us what the journey has looked like since that decision. Well, you know, it is a lifetime pursuit. And I guess I just want to just stop here and just make it very clear to the moms who are listening just because I think my kids are so interesting and I love to be around them and I cherish the moments that homeschooling has given to us. So that really is one of the biggest byproducts of homeschooling is is moments of time that I'll never get back and I want to make sure that I'm spending well. But that's not to say that every moment is a utopia. No. There are There are many moments that are messy and chaotic. And many times where I can sit and think in my head, well, I absolutely love homeschooling, but right now I don't really like homeschooling. Mm -hmm. But what I want you to hear is that homeschooling allows me to meet those messy moments head on. Training is a continual process. And if you don't take the time to actually train your children and and pour into them um, by just passing that, that responsibility off to someone else or maybe just ignoring it, the problem never goes away. You might be able to put a Band-Aid on it. You might be able to um, step away from maybe sibling rivalry, if you send your kids out to a traditional school, you might be able to avoid that during the school hours, but that doesn't actually um, address the problem. 
it just puts a band on, Band-Aid on it for a while. So homeschooling has actually given me the opportunity to address some of those character issues and really dig in and do the hard work. Because in the end, I want my children to be a blessing, not just to me, but to the rest of the world right. and not a burden. Mm-hmm. And, and that that doesn't just happen instantly. We're all fallen people with selfish desires. We're all imperfect people. And this is an imperfect world. So their natural bent is not to, you know, get along and be these amazing, wonderful people to be around. But it's my job and privilege as a mom and and homeschooling certainly can be one of the, the tools for me to do the hard work and um, continually walk alongside them and help to mold that character so that they can be the blessing that that they really are. Now. Right. That's right. That's right. And I think um, I think that goes back to what you said earlier about the layers. Um, this that's a perfect description of one of the layers that you um, re- that you recognize in hindsight that uh, were a blessing when it, ca- when it comes to homeschooling. Because I, I talk a lot about um, nurturing sibling uh, relationships because obviously, I mean, you know, you have five, I have eight, kids are going to fight and right. stuff is going to happen, like you said. But being able to and intentionally taking the time to slow down and work through the conflict. I cannot even tell you um, this 25 years down the road and looking back and, and seeing these grown kids, how much more important that was than so many of the other things that we tend to think are the major things when it comes to homeschooling. Because mm-hmm. there were so many, there were even layers to that to to uh, nurturing sibling relationships and, and which part of working through conflict, part of nurturing sibling relationships is teaching them how to work through conflict because we learned about their different personalities. They learned about each other's strengths and weaknesses. They learned about their own strengths and weaknesses. So they got mm-hmm. to know themselves better. They got to um, experience what it means to um, understand other people who are coming from different perspectives, which has in turn, giving them a leg up when it comes to the jobs that they have, um, teamwork, um, understanding the people around them, understanding how to work as a team with certain different personalities, you know, how to respond to them in an effective, communicate in an effective way. So yes, all of those things. So, so good. Um, one quote I just want to end this uh, question on is is one I heard a while back called, it said, um, Love doesn't rush past the hard places. Mm. And so if we can remember that when we get into the messy, like you described, um, I hear what you're saying. You're saying basically homeschooling allows us, if we, if, if we take advantage of it and recognize the opportunity, it allows us to not rush past the hard places and really dig in, like you were saying, in those moments that really need it. Right. A lot of people would see uh, the the opportunity to have siblings together for so many hours of the day as an opportunity to have more sibling rivalry. And I and I guess I would just counter that by saying it doesn't necessarily make 
frustrations. The the selfishness, the pride, the frustrations will always be there just under the surface. It's that right. being together actually brings that to the forefront in mm-hmm. order that it can be you know, be addressed. Otherwise it just sits there boiling underneath the surface. Just because you may not see the sibling rivalry every second of the day because your kids are not apart. Doesn't mean that those issues are not still there underlying and homeschooling actually allows you to confront those head on so that you can do the, the hard work, the teaching and training so that when your kids are adults, you know, homeschooling is a, a wonderful training dr- ground for marriage because Absolutely. you cannot just get frustrated at a person and go to the other side of the playground to play or pick a mm-hmm. new p- new friend on the playground. Right. You have to actually do the hard work of reconciliation and restoration in a relationship. And that sort of skill, that life skill will serve your kids for years and years yes. to come long after participial phrases and addition facts and all of those other things. That's exactly right. I've seen that happen with our kids, not in their just in their workplaces, but in their marriages. And so we would we would talk about this along the way um, that you know that they were actually investing as they invested in the relationships with each other. They were learning what it looks like to invest in a marriage or invest in a friendship. Um, but the main thing, kind of the overarching theme that I, that really emerged from all of that um, to me was um, just how much we teach our kids through sibling relationships, we teach them how to be the body of Christ to each other. Mm-hmm. And that's why I loved to go to the New Testament. Um, and I encourage you moms to do this. Read all you can in the New Testament about um how the body of Christ is supposed to function, how we're supposed to treat each other, how we're supposed to handle certain situations. Um, And it's amazing how much parenting you can pull from that, um, from the New Testament, you know, as as the apostles uh, write letters to the church about how to teach, how to treat each other and how to take care of each other. There's so much, so much there. And so I would just encourage you to go and look at that. But I want to ask you another question. Why is it necessary and healthy for homeschooling moms to acknowledge their limitations? This is a great question. I think because in acknowledging your limitations, you're actually acknowledging your need for God. Because in attempting to spin all the plates and do it all for yourself, you're really missing out on all of those miracles that he can create out of your, you know, five loaves and two fish if you're willing to offer them mm-hmm. up to him. You're you're also modeling surrender to your kids and and trust in in God's providence and his provision. And you're in in acknowledging your limitations and admitting I might need some help in this or some direction in this. You're welcoming others into your kids' community. Mm. And God is going to use all of those people, their talents and their gifts, to grow and refine your children. And in the meantime, He's going to use that circumstance to grow and refine you. I often say that homeschooling is, is less about informing me and my kids and more about transforming us. Mm. And and part of my personal transformation um, has come through homeschooling and just acknowledging, Lord, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. You know, al- algebra is way beyond my scope, mm-hmm. Lord. But 
I know you've called me to this. So in obedience, I'm going to step out and trust. I'm going to leave my hands open and trust that you will fill in the gaps. And and in the end, you're going to get all the glory because Mm -hmm. there's no glory I bring to algebra. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can that I can testify that what you're saying is absolutely true. I saw how God brought people along to um, to just fill those areas where I wasn't adequate. You know, mm-hmm. like you said, you, algebra or math or um, uh, technical stuff, computer stuff. You know, my husband and I at the time, especially, I'm, I'm more computer uh, literate now than I, I was when our um, oldest son was was young. But God brought a mentor into his life who encouraged him and saw the gift that he had and encouraged him. And so he started college at 16 to become a software engineer. And he's um, and he's doing. He loves. He loves it. He's. He, it's his. He. He says it's what he was made to do. And so, you know, it, it's just so. Um, it is so important to say it's okay that I don't know everything. It's okay that I can't teach everything because then we get to see God's faithfulness at work. Because um, you know when He meets those needs, those very real needs that we feel. Um, he just becomes that much more tangible and real to us, you mm-hmm. know? And I, I just love that. And I also think what you said was really good about just exampling to our kids that we don't have to be it all. We don't have to do it all. You know, the world is telling us, lying to us, telling us that we can be it all and we can do it all and we can't. That simply isn't true. And so we get the opportunity to model to our kids what real life looks like and what a real relationship with God looks like. I am leaning into Him. I am depending on Him. I am saying, it's okay if I can't do everything because I serve a great and mighty God who is faithful. And um, that's our opportunity in those limitations. I love that. Yeah, and I just want to touch on one thing that you said. You know, it's impossible for a mom to know it all, just as much as it's impossible for the teacher down the street in the brick and mortar school to know it all. It's Mm -hmm. not our job as a homeschool mom to teach all the things. Mm -hmm. Homeschooling doesn't mean we have to teach everything. It just means that we get to decide what is taught, by whom it's taught, where and when it's taught. Right. And and I think that we all need to acknowledge that because there's freedom in that. There's freedom right. to say, you know, my my daughter has a real great passion and gift for, you know, digital media. Well, that's right. not my passion and gift, but mm-hmm. she doesn't have to be limited to my knowledge. And especially in, you know, 21st century homeschooling, yes. the sky is the limit. We have mm-hmm. so many resources available to us that were not available, let's say, to my mother-in-law back in the 80s and 90s. So my daughter doesn't have to be limited to just my scope and sequence or my knowledge of a thing. I can have the privilege of reaching out and and finding another resource for her. And even, you know, one of the things that I think is so great about homeschooling is that we're not limited to just what is offered in my small town. You right. know, I could reach out to the the foremost experts on a subject mm-hmm. and and be able to find her a mentor and, a, and an expert that will come alongside her and teach her the thing that I'm incapable, perhaps, of teaching her. Right. I love that. I always like to say that 
we are facilitators of our kids' mm-hmm. education. So um, that it looks much different than than feeling like you have to teach and know everything. Um, and, and I think this is why, you know, if you look at, um, I can't remember exactly what the website is, but there's a website that does um, research on um, homeschooling and kind of brings out the data. And one of the things that they point out is that it doesn't matter um, whether or not a parent has a degree or doesn't have a degree or has um, uh, income doesn't matter. It's interesting that when it comes to homeschooling, kids do um, amazingly well across the board, regardless of all of that. Isn't that interesting? And I think it's yes. because it goes back to that we're, we know our kids better than anyone. So mm-hmm. why wouldn't we be the best one to facilitate their education? Mm-hmm. And even more than a facilitator, we also get to be a coach. You know, a coach, right. a coach isn't a better athlete than the athletes, because if that were true, they would actually be playing the game. Right. A coach's, a coach's um, job is inspiration, inspiration and influence. Right. And if you can inspire your child to want to know all the things and influence them to keep moving forward, then then you've given them, you know, endless opportunities, a lifetime of education. I don't need right. to teach them all the things. I just want to inspire them to want to know and then influence them to keep moving forward. Right, which is essentially the result would be a lifelong learner. What, yes. We hear that term a lot, but I think that I love um, those two words, insp- um, inspiration and influence as a precursor to uh, growing lifelong learners. So that's 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 awesome. Okay, so um, w- the one thing that, you know, you and I both know this, and I think every mom listening knows that there is so much fear surrounding the choice to homeschool. And so I'd like you to speak to that and talk about whether that's that fear is valid. Well, anything worth doing is going to bring bring some element of fear because that's just the nature of the enemy, you know, especially if it's something you feel called to do by the Lord, Mm -hmm. you know, he is going to use our fears and our inadequacies, what we feel as a shortcoming to try and knock us off the course that God has set us on. Mm -hmm. And mothers in general, we live in a lifetime relationship with Mm self-doubt and fear fear is just a byproduct of our love for our kids because we want to do it right. And then you add the the responsibility of homeschooling, you know, the weight of your child's entire education onto that love, and it feels overwhelming. But those fears really are unfounded because we're not to be doing homeschooling in our own strength and our own effort. We will fail at that every time because, you know, like I said, I I don't do algebra. So if algebra is completely 100% left up to me and in my lap, well, I'm going to fail at every turn. But mm-hmm. I serve a big God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and he he is a, a God of provision, and he will provide in sometimes unexplainable ways— um, so I feel like, yes, there's fears. There will always be fears. You know, I'm, I'm in my 14th year of homeschooling. And if I look at myself and my own skills and my own abilities, I could be shaking in my boots. Mm-hmm. But that's an opportunity to bring 
for me to bring all of those fears, all of those inadequacies and shortcomings to the foot of the cross and say, Lord, you called me to this. I don't know how you're going to make a way, but I know you're going to make a way because you've promised good things for me and my kids. Mm, I love that. Well, maybe you could share uh, some typical lies um, related to the, you know, the whole fear factor um, that's usually rooted in, a lot of times it comes from lies that we're believing. Mm -hmm. So could you share some typical lies that parents who homeschool can be tempted to believe? I think there's three big ones um, that you can see across the board in in whether this is your first year homeschooling, first day homeschooling, or maybe, you know, 20th year homeschooling. Mm -hmm. The first is that you feel unqualified. And we've kind of touched on that a bit. But I just want to, I just want to speak Ephesians 3.20 over the mom who might be sitting there feeling unqualified. And it's this, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. He is able to do immeasurably more. And I have seen, and I'm sure, Dorinda, you have seen this over and over and over again in your life and in the life of your kids, God's immeasurably more. Yes, Mm. we are probably quite unqualified to teach and train our children, but God can do immeasurably more. The Mm -hmm. second thing that I I hear a lot from parents is they're afraid that their kids are going to be weird. You know, we hear the socialized word, that dreaded S word. But I have been in the classroom. I've worked in the classroom for years. And I can tell you that weird is not synonymous with homeschooling. I am a weird person and I was publicly educated. You know, there are kids in the classroom who are shy, there are introverts, there are extroverts, there are socially graced, socially awkward, and really it's it's less about um, the environment and more just about the personality of the child. And I would say actually homeschooling affords the opportunity for a child to be who God has naturally made them to be. If I were to put my introverted, very shy child in a classroom, that's not necessarily going to make him an extroverted individual. He might actually just become more introverted and feel overwhelmed by all the stimulation. So don't be afraid that your kids are going to be quote unquote weird because they homeschool. They're going to be who God designed them to be. And as far as the socialization uh, is concerned, I think that's an argument that, you know, started in the 1980s and we've just never been able to shake that. But right. let let the homeschoolers around you, the, the second geners, the, the homeschool graduates be proof that your kids will turn out just fine. My husband was homeschooled and he is a business owner, a leader in his church, has lots of friends. There's plenty of opportunities in the homeschooling community. If you want, you can probably be doing some some something with a group nearly every single day of the week if that's your desire. So I, I think the proof is out that homeschoolers are doing just fine. Yes, I agree completely. Um, okay, so sh- we talked about some lies. How about sharing some truths that God's given you um, uh, just to hang on to during those darkest days of homeschooling? And I'm hoping the moms will write some of these things down so that when you're feeling this way, you can go back to the truth. Because, you know, I was just reading in Scripture um 
yesterday, um, I think I read it this morning as well, just talking about how um, keeping our uh, mind and our thoughts on things that are pure and lovely and of good report, um, things that are excellent and praiseworthy. And so share the truths um, that we can focus on. Well, I am a firm believer that as you get started with homeschooling, one of the things, at least that I've always done every summer as I approach a new school year, is I've prayed and asked God to give me some specific words of scripture that he knows that I'll need in the school year. Because you know as well as I do, the dark days will come. There will be days where it will feel just so convenient to plop my kids at the end of the driveway and wait for that big yellow bus <laughs> to come by and snatch them up and leave quiet spaces in their wake. Um, and I'll be tempted to to that because the hard days will come. But I know that my God can, can um, go before me and prepare the way by preparing mm-hmm. my heart and providing those verses that I can cling to even on the hard days. And and you'd be amazed if you begin praying for that, God will bring some verses to mind and, and he might even bring them and you'll think, well, this doesn't even seem like it applies to homeschooling. And you just wait and watch because sure enough, <laughs> you'll find, you know, a few months into the school year, oh, that's why yes. he kept bringing me back to that verse. So I just want to share um, my my verse for the year. Um, it comes out of Philippians one six, and I and I talk about this verse quite often in my book because I I continue to come back to this verse often, and that's and I am sure of this that he who has began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. And, you know, I think that's a good verse for all the moms who fear that, oh, my kids are going to miss some important something. You know, I'm going to, there's going to be gaps in their education. I'm going to pick the wrong curriculum, or I'm not going to be able to teach, you know, X, Y, and Z thoroughly enough, or they're not going to understand it, or I'm going to forget, forget to teach something that should have been taught. Just remember, mom, he began a good work and he will see it to its very completion. And you know what? It might not even happen by the end of their 12th 12th grade year Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because that work that he's doing in them is for a lifetime. And homeschooling is just such a tiny blip on on the timeline of their life. It's some great foundational years and he's going to use homeschooling in so many different ways, but he will not stop there. Mm, I love that. I love that. It's so true. Um, you know, as we're we're thinking about, um, I, I know that there's probably moms out there who have children are maybe particularly difficult, um, and they're they're considering homeschooling, but they're maybe thinking uh, a big fat no uh, because it seems like a win win <laughs> to just get them out of the house. So, what would you say to that mom who's like, I, I've heard, I've had moms respond to me this way before, where I've ta- I've said that I homeschool, and they say, Oh. Uh, my my daughter and I clashed too much. We couldn't do that. So speak mm. to that parent. Well, I, I would have to say that probably 107% of homeschooling parents have one of those children, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. because that's just the nature of humanity. You're always going to clash and you're two imperfect people living in an imperfect world. But let me just also remind that mom that it's not by accident You are the mother of that child. And dare I say it, 
It's not by accident that they're the child that you have. And there's something about you that he or she needs, but there's also something about him or her that you need to, mm-hmm. that God knows you need. And that struggle that you're facing, that daily you know, clash of the titans that you might feel that you're going to face, isn't just to refine them. Right. It might also be to refine you. And, you know, I have one of those and and I will say it it certainly would be easier in the short term to send him off for somebody else to have to deal with, you know, six to eight hours of the day. But just as we were saying um, a little a few minutes ago about sibling rivalry, I wouldn't actually be dealing with a problem. And that frustration, those those butting head moments wouldn't actually ever go away because I'd never be taking the time to deal with them. Um, I think so often we want to obey a gospel of convenience Mm -hmm. and not obey the calling and sometimes the very hard calling that God places on our life. And, And homeschooling, at least in my case, has been a huge sanctifying tool where I have had to learn patience. I've had to learn to ask for forgiveness when I lost my cool. Um, to say I'm sorry, to humble myself, even in front of my child. It's been an opportunity for me to to train him in um, controlling his, you know, behavior or or putting it in a in the right direction. I should say. Right. So, right. you know, it's those moments with the the difficult child are going to be unavoidable. In homeschooling, but if we can see that as a good thing, it's an opportunity for for the taking if we're brave enough to step out and take it. I love that. I always think of that um, quote by Thomas Edison. He said, um, opportunity is missed by most because it's dressed in overalls and looks like work. Oh, good yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think about that when it comes to nurturing sibling relationships. It seems like an obstacle in our day, um, but the reality is that it's an opportunity. And I think if we can just, I know when I shifted my ch- my thinking from it being an obstacle and something that was uh, wasting time um, and messing with the efficiency of the day and, and started looking at it as an opportunity um, to just really dig in and not rush past those hard places and really learn. Um, really, I learned alongside with my kids, um, mm-hmm. you know, because I didn't know everything about conflict resolution. Again, another another instance of I didn't know everything about everything, but we learned together. And I think that's one thing we need to recognize as homeschooling parents is that often we are learning alongside of our kids. It's not that, I mean, obviously we're still the parent, we still have the God-given authority, the God-given role, the decision-making and all of that, but we are often learning right alongside them. And I think that's such a beautiful thing um, because it shows our kids uh, what it looks like to be teachable, Mm -hmm. you know? And so... um, Anyway, okay, so let's go on to the next question, and I think this is actually the last one. What would you say to a mother who feels the tug to homeschool but already feels overwhelmed by her demanding job of parenting? Is it wise to even consider the option when it's hard to imagine another thing on her plate? Well, I have a couple of practical tips to give you, but first I just want to address just this mindset of that um, 
of feeling overwhelmed. A couple things to remember is one, just as you didn't, you know, parent all of a sudden with six children, you, you didn't, unless you actually did deliver six children at once. Right, right. Chances are, for the most of us, it was handed to us incre- in increments, you know, right. one at a time. And you slowly um, found a new normal. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what seemed so important by at your first child, maybe by your third or fourth, you could say, you know what, that was great for then, but I don't have the time or energy to do that. It's not as important as I thought. And the cream suddenly rises to the top. It's right. the same way with homeschooling. So when you're starting out, it's not that you have to homeschool all six at once, unless of course you're pulling your kids out of the, the school system. But chances are, if you're starting at the very beginning, you get to start out with one right. and then you know, as time goes on, you add another one. And so you begin to establish a new normal with more than one child. So, so that's the first thing. The other thing I would say is remember that um, most worthwhile things in life are hard. I think you could probably say the same thing about Mm -hmm. marriage Mm -hmm. and parenting, you know, Mm -hmm. but all of those things are always worth it in the end. They're worth the struggle in the end. Right, right. Because we're making a lifelong investment. And I think that's something that um, sometimes we forget because, you know, we just get caught up in the in the day-to-day. We forget that um, it's a long-term investment. Mm-hmm. And uh, any kind of um, long-term investment requires patience. It requires perseverance. Um, and, and it's the same thing with raising kids, with homeschooling them, even with finding a rhythm sometimes. You know, if you're new to homeschooling and you just feel like you do not have your land legs yet, um, it's okay. Um, mm-hmm. I would encourage you just to start out simple. Just mm-hmm. just keep a simple uh, day-to-day routine and then slowly add to it. Like you were mentioning about how, you know, God just sort of gives us one child at a time and we start to homeschool one and then a second. And each time is an adjustment as we right. add more, but we make the adjustment because, um, you know, I think God um, created us to, to, to do that, to go ahead and, and make those adjustments along the way. And, and He is faithful to give us wisdom along the way. You know, I think that's another thing we have to remember as believers, you know, you go back to James 1 and he talks about if we lack wisdom, we just need to ask him and believe that he'll give it to us. And he said he would give it to us generously. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Uh, Jamie. I'm so thankful that we were able to connect today and uh, had a chance to let you share your heart and your wisdom. And I, it's been a huge encouragement to all of us. And I wanted to, before we uh, sign off here, um, ask if there are some ways that moms can connect with you. And I will include those in the podcast note, but go ahead and um, share with uh, the moms the ways that they can connect with you. Well, I am embarrassingly easy to find around the web. You can find me at the Unlikely Homeschool dot com or on Facebook under that same name. I'm also, as you had mentioned at the very beginning, the co-host of the Mom to Mom podcast, and we're on Facebook and Instagram as well. Great, awesome, A- and one last thing. I almost forgot to mention it. I'm glad I didn't. Um, Jamie is offering a giveaway of her book, Homeschool Bravely, and I would love to um, have you guys just basically all you have to do is leave uh, just a comment 
at the blog where the podcast is posted because that's that's where I will take the names from because um, otherwise I end up with entries all over all over the internet all over social media <laughs> and I <laughs> want to make sure that everyone has a fair chance to win a free copy of this book so go ahead and leave a comment at the blog under this podcast um, and we would we will be choosing a winner in two weeks so Jamie thank you for offering that we really appreciate it no problem. This has just been such a delight, Dorenda. Thank you so much for the opportunity oh, to absolutely. chat with you today. Yeah, this was great. So let's go ahead and pray. Lord, we just lift up the moms who are listening right now. Lord, we thank you for each and every one. Um, I'm assuming that most of them have decided to homeschool. Maybe some of them are still considering it. I just pray, God, that you would speak to their hearts, Lord, that you would just... Um, Make your way known to them. I pray that they would uh, feel encouraged, inspired, and just um, just have a greater understanding of what it looks like to uh, walk in courage as they um, transition into this um, decision to homeschool. And for those who are already homeschooling, God, I pray um, just for your blessing, um, of inspiration, Lord, that they would feel refreshed and renewed as they listened to this encouragement that you brought us today. Lord, we thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you that you're faithful. We thank you that we don't have to be everything to everybody um, because we serve a great and faithful and loving God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.